River Rising. I'm Pastor Mike, and today we're going to get into it, uh, part three here of our continuing series. And I hope this series has been blessing you. It's has blessed me and Rick. And um, if you want to, please share it with somebody. Hopefully, we, everybody can get a hold of this. But uh, anyway, we, we pray for you. We love you. Have a wonderful day, and uh, enjoy the message. Right out the gate here. Now, look, he who sows sparingly. Let me ask you something. Two mites to a woman who only had two mites, sowing those two mites, was that sparingly? No. No. That's all she had. Right. But two mites compared to a thousand mites, if you're doing that, looks differently, but it's the same. Uh, uh, and to her, it was a bountiful giving. That's all that she had was the two mites to give. Now, I'm not saying that you have to give everything. Uh, that you own away. But what I am saying though, is that it comes right down here. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or out of necessity for God loves a chill forgiver. I don't write my tie check and give my tie check out of necessity. I write mm-hmm. my tie check and give my tie check out of glory. I mean, really out of, out of not out of glory, but out of, out of uh, rejoicing for the Lord that you've given me enough that I can write back only 10% to mm-hmm. give to you in a tithe. And that normally is not enough. That tithe goes straight to that to the church. But then the offering piece of that is my overabundance of joy of how much he's taking care of me and giving it. So I, I, want to, I want to make sure that we get that. If you are, are holding on and not sowing seeds, now, now this just isn't money either. This is time. This is, uh, this is, this is, uh, love. It, it is, is word spoken. When you sow sparingly in any of these, you're going to reap sparingly. But you know, God is the God of multiplication. And if you don't have much time, but you're willing to give the time away to someone else, do you know God can multiply your time in the day? I mean, he could do it. Uh, Brother Billy was talking to me the other day, and I was telling him, I said, man, I just got so much on my plate. I feel like I'm I'm kind of running around, and and he stopped me, and it was a great word. He said, you know, we serve a God of multiplication, Mike. Make sure you're giving God his time. And, man, I said, you're exactly right. Let me get back on track with that. And so the first thing in the morning, I start giving back God. A tenth of my day is 2.4 hours. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I need to be giving God 2.4 hours of my time at minimal to me every day. And when I do that, God makes sure that there's enough time in my day. Same thing with all this. We sow when we reap. Yeah. And it says here, purpose in your heart. Uh, It brings to mind a scripture that says, you know, where your heart is, that's where your your treasure, you know, where your treasure is, that's where your heart will be. Mm -hmm. Um, So if your heart is on the things of God, then that's what's going to be rich in your life. Yeah. You know, you're going to have Bibles. You're going to have, you know, teaching tapes. You're going to have commentary books to learn more about spiritual things. If you're, you know, if your heart is in a certain hobby, then, you you know, you're going to have all that stuff around you. Right. You know, so, you know, make sure your heart is on God and the, and the things of God are prevalent in your life. That's right. And then another thing is... Um, you know, you reap what you sow, right? That's right. And I just want to tell a little story. This was about a couple months ago, and, you know, I'm not rolling in the dough, and I'm wondering, you know, you know, are we going to cover the bills? Right. And uh, I went grocery shopping, and the next aisle over, there was, a, a like, a grandma and a mom, young mom, and they were discussing, okay, well, let's take the diapers off of our purchase. And I looked at their cart, and they had maybe – 
a dozen items. Right. And I was making sure, you know, they were necessities and they were. Right. You know, I didn't see cigarettes or beer or junk food. Right. So I, you know, I was wrapping up my transaction at that point and I walked over and said, let me buy those diapers for you. Yeah. And then, so I did. It was around $24 for a, a small package of diapers. Those things are expensive. They are expensive. <laughs> <laughs> I remember those days. It's been a while since I bought diapers, so it, it almost floored me. Um, but it was, it was about $24. But, um, so I went home and then a couple hours later in the mail, I had a check for $135. I'll be. It was a class action lawsuit on Takata airbags. Look at that. And it was Look just like, whoa. Well, praise God, right? Right. Man. Yeah. Now that doesn't happen every time I sow. Right. You know, I don't reap that afternoon. It'd be right. great if we did. Right. <laughs> but I will say you sowed, what did you say? A $24? $24. And what did you receive in a check? It was about $136. So I'd say that's a little multiplication going on there, man. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, you know, that's a good point, Rick, too, is that don't always expect the reward for your seed from that day. Right. You can't plant a seed in the ground and expect to have an ear of corn on it, you know, and with 15 minutes later. Right. It takes time for that to grow. And, and all throughout the Bible, agriculture is used for that exact purpose to show that this things are processed like right. that, you know, yeah. and they, they come through and they grow up. Right. Give it time. That's right. Give it time. But stay faithful with it. Right. Stay faithful. Don't test the water. You can't test the waters with God. Listen, and expect to have the blessings of God. You can't do it. You can't go... um you can't be a part-time Christian and expect full-time blessings. I'm sorry, but you just can't do it. Mm -hmm. uh, you're going to get part-time results is what you're going to get. And then most people get discouraged out of it. Anyway, right. get back onto our, our focus here. Uh, another thing I want to look at is, so uh, Matthew 6, and we're going to go into 19, Matthew 6, verse 19 to 21, and this is what it says here. And uh, Jesus is speaking. He says, do not lay up. For yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, what, Rick? There your heart will be also. That's exactly right. We just talked about that, and, and making sure that our heart is in the right place for that. Now, that doesn't mean that you don't have to have, that you don't get to have treasures again. We, we can have those things and I do have those things. I have a beautiful house and, and, um, I, I, I have nice things that I own. Now they're not extravagant, but they're mine and, and I appreciate them. But you know what? That's not where my focus lies in. I don't own that home. I don't own that car that I drive. I don't own the money in my wallet. I don't own the clothes on my back. God owns all this. And since God owns it all, it's all on borrow for me. Do you know how freeing that is once you get a hold of that? To realize that it's not your possessions to try to hold on to and control. That it's really God's and God's giving you like the allowance of it for it to happen. Mm -hmm. And also, um, you know, if you have the opposite attitude, you know, this is my house and my car and my money and my possessions, my, mine, mine. Well, that's your only reward, mm -hmm. you know. And, and, right. and it's a temporary reward. Yeah. You yeah. know, um, the, the person that has the attitude, well, all this belongs to God. He created it. He's entrusting it with me. I want to be a good steward of it. I want to use it for his kingdom and his glory. And so, you know, mm -hmm. good works into his kingdom. Well, that person's laying up treasure in heaven. That's right. Which lasts forever. That's right. So, you know, which person is the true financial whiz? That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And, and, and 
the reward for that is much greater in heaven. Right. From, from what I've read, the streets up there are not paved with asphalt. Right. Yeah. You know, and what does it profit a person to gain the world but lose their soul? That's right. You know, exactly and not right. only that, what what does it profit you if you, you know, if you barely make it into heaven by the skin of your teeth, you know, and you don't have much to show for it in eternity? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Now, you know. I, people see that different ways, but, you know, there is scripture that talks about, you know, all your works being tested and some are going to barely get in. And, and, you know, Jesus wouldn't talk about storing up heavenly treasure if it wasn't something worth discussing or even thinking about. Sure. I mean, I, I would agree with you in that. There are rewards in heaven and there are levels of rewards in heaven as well. So I would say that uh, that's a true analogy, right? Well, he also says, I mean, look, he didn't say... um well, we did say that the, the 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 way is narrow, but once you get in there, he also said the first will be last, and the last will be first. Now, so that tells me that you're getting up there, but there is a hierarchy there as well. Then, so if you were if you were, and it wasn't about hey, you have to be last. <laughs> it was again the placement of that heart. You know what I'm saying? So if you gave freely, and in the world's view, and if we were looking at that from a, a world view, you are last in the world's view. I. Right. You are last, but in God's eye, he's already seeing you as ahead of the pack. Right. So when you get up there into heaven, like you said, you've, those who've already received their rewards here on earth and heaven ain't going to be the same. We're going to see that role reversal happen with that. Right. Yeah. I just want to point out the, the, the main thing is just to love God and want to bless God and please God with your living. That's right. You know, don't live to, okay, how can I maximize my heavenly treasure? Right. Because then your focus is on the treasure and not on God. That's right. That's right. I mean, I don't get me wrong. I, I want um, I want better for my kids than what I had. All right. I want to make sure that we live in a in a nice, safe area for my kids. I want to make sure I have all these desires, and there is nothing wrong with those desires at all. But what I'm telling you is that that if the Lord told me, Mike, just like He did our pastor, Mike, if you have to sell off, I want you to sell everything you own. And I want you to take you and your family, and I want you to go to Indonesia. We would sell. We would be gone. We would have. Uh, there, there's not even a choice on that because I love the Lord, and I'm 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 serving Him. Right now, I'm not toting my own horn. I hope that didn't come across like that. But my point being, our pastor did that too. He had a very successful carpet business, and was told, "You need to sell off everything you own. You need to go to Bible college. You need to go to Panama and feed children, Indian children in Panama." What do you think it is? He sold off everything he owned. And I've heard, I've heard the stories. I know some of the tuna fish and macaroni that he ate while he was, the, you know what I'm <laughs> yeah. saying? In school. I mean, I know yeah. these things and, and he talks about, you know, some of this in his book as well, but mm-hmm. the reward for that after the fact. Now here he is planted in this church, preaching the gospel, bringing souls to Christ with all that. And he has now receiving, he's reaping a lot of the, so the seed that he's sown, you know, that we right. see here. You're right. It's about the heart placement. Right. But, you know, what we shouldn't be doing either, Rick, is worrying ourselves to death about it. And you talked about this a little bit earlier. You hit on it. It's that we shouldn't be built up with anxiety either. goes back to that. If I don't own it, I don't control it. And if I don't control it, then I shouldn't have to stress about it. And that's what God wanted to make sure that we knew. Jesus wanted to make sure we knew that. And he wrote about that in the same book here in Matthew 6. And in verse 31, he starts out, he says, Therefore, do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knows what you need, all, uh, knows that you need all these things. 
But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. And I like that last sentence there. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Um, I heard somebody once say that, like, as human beings, we're only wired to handle one day's worth of trouble, one day's worth of anxiety at a time. When we try to take on more than that, then we're overloading ourselves and we're going to blow a circuit. Right. I don't know. Sometimes I don't even know if I can take on a whole day. (laughs) (laughs) Give me just this hour. Right. Because what's that? What I'm dealing with right now, if you compounded on any more than that would probably flip my breaker. (laughs) Yeah. That's exactly right. And that's what God is trying to say to us here. Jesus is telling us, he's saying, Hey, look, you know, don't worry what you shall eat or drink or what you, and he's not really talking about, again, the material things with that, although he is, he is referring to those things, but it's not just that. He's like, Hey, stop stressing over these things. You know, the birds of the air don't worry about where they're going to eat. You know what I'm saying? Why mm-hmm. are you worried about, you know, what is going to be provided for you? If you seek him first, and that was the key to that, mm-hmm. seek him first in his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things. Now, it says all. And if you don't have that underlined in your Bible, you need to. Because it didn't say and only some things. It does say there, and all these things shall be added unto you. That's all things that are necessity for you will be given to you. Mm-hmm. All things. All things. But the problem is, is, the moment we start, like, instead of, I'm thinking about Peter when he took his eyes off Jesus and he started sinking, right? Mm-hmm. What Instead of looking back and focusing on Jesus, what we'll do is we'll take our eyes off of him, we'll start to sink in some of this, and then we'll start looking everywhere for a life jacket. We won't look to the source again. We'll be looking, where's my life jacket or where's my one of those float rings things? You know what I'm saying? We're looking Mm -hmm. all around while we're still kind of sinking. Whereas if we would stay focused on God right there in front of us, we don't need a life jacket. We we got the water walker, you know, right Mm -hmm. in front of us. Yeah, and I like where you said all these things uh, when you said necessities. Yeah. Because these things are referring back to what Jesus had just listed, and he was talking about daily necessities. That's right. That's food, right. clothing, and shelter. That's right. So, you know, if you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then you're, you know, the windows of heaven aren't open with the blessings poured out, you know, where you're one of the wealthiest people you know, um, well, that's not what this verse is saying. Mm-hmm. You know, it's saying your necessities will be met. That's right. And then, like you, and we talked about earlier, you know, learn to be content in that. You know, because if you're serving God day to day and he's the, the, the center of your of your life, you know, you're just going to enjoy reading his word. Yeah. You're going to be satisfied, you know, spending time in his presence, worshiping him. That's right. You know, That's right. in fact, if you had wealth, you'd probably have material things that would draw your time and attention away That's from right. God. Distract you, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's right. And I think that's where this goes along with this maturing process as Christians with this too, because I do believe that God will bless you. And matter of fact, the last thing that we're going to talk about here is I'm going to tell you, I believe that once you get to a certain level with this, you start receiving those financial blessings in your life that you would never have before. Because just like my kids, my kids, and I think I've used this analogy before. I told you that they like M&Ms. Kids love M&Ms. If I sat down and gave them one of those king size ultra big packs of m&ms they would sit there and eat those things until they got sick i mean they would you know, <laughs> oh dad oh my stomach hurt you know they yeah. would gorge themselves with these things right so what do i do i measure out for them and i tell them okay here's what you can handle i'll give you these 
Now, okay, and here's what you can handle. I'll give them more. Until they get to the point where now they have enough responsibility in the, of themselves to know what is right and, and, and not be thinking about just the immediate craving of sugar, but thinking of the long-term ramifications as well. And all of a sudden, my thoughts, and let me that, transpose that, my heart is now in line with their heart. And so they are thinking the way I am thinking. So now when I start giving them big bags of candy, big bags of M&Ms, I don't worry about them gorging anymore on candy. I give them more than enough mm-hmm. so that they could sustain themselves with this for an indefinite amount of time. And I don't have to worry about the misuse of that because I love them, not because I want to correct them or over-dominate them. It is because I love them. And I think that's where we end up as mature Christians and right here because God wants to give us the desires of our heart. Right. But our desires of our heart have to line up with what? God's heart. God's heart, right. That's right. That's right. All right. So uh, the last verse that I'm going to share with you, Rick, did you have something else you want to interject before then? Well, I was just going to say God's not going to give us anything that will mess us up, like you said, because, that's right. because his heart is to watch out for our well-being. That's right. So we may ask for things, and if granted, would just be a stumbling block to us spiritually. That's right. So until, like you said, until we mature to the point where we can handle having that, God's not going to give it to us. Are you guys seeing the progression that's going through this here? We started out with those who have not, right, that are willing to give up all. Those that had but aren't willing to give up or try to buy, right? Then we progress through to the not stressing and worrying piece of it, right? Because we don't own it either way, right? It was about our heart and the position of our heart and what, whose faith or where our faith lies in. Now we've gone through that progression into not worrying about what you're going to do or how you're going to do it because God is going to take care of you. And now finally, we're going to end up in the final zone, if you will, here, which is going to be out of Psalms 3. It, uh, you know, God wants to give you, he wants to grant you your desires. That's both financial and spiritual. And in Psalms three, verse three and four, he says, trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. Delight yourself also in the Lord and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Now I didn't see anything, limitations of what he would give as far as desires of your heart, but I did read the very first part of it. That gave a qualification to it, which was dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. That's all about trusting in the Lord, looking to him for his for provisions just from him to glorify him, maturing in those things, not stressing over any of this other stuff because we realize we don't own it. And then all of a sudden you start walking a much more victorious, bountiful life. Right. Right. And uh, as with any promise in the Bible, there are conditions that we have to meet. Right. And a lot of times we just want to quote the promise. That's right. That's yeah. right. And we don't quote the conditions. And I see here in, in this Psalm, it says, trust God. Yep. Number one. Do good. Yep. It says dwell in the land. I take that to mean dwell in God's territory. Yeah. So don't go playing in the devil's playground and then scratch your head why you're not getting blessed. Right. 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 And, and uh, feed on God's faithfulness mm-hmm. and delight in God. So if we do those things, if we fulfill those conditions, God will fulfill his promise and give us the desires of our heart. That's right. And, and you know, in your heart will line up with God's heart. 
And that's where you won't be asking, you know, and the Bible tells us we ask and do not receive because we ask amiss. Right. You know, this goes yeah. back to that same scenario with that is we're asking for the right reasons. And it's not for self-gain. It's not for self-promotion. It's all for the glory of God. And I'm telling you, just like that, God will give you a big bag of M&Ms. God will all of a sudden, you'll see your bank account going from a one-week paycheck to a two-month paycheck. And then from a two-month paycheck to a six-month savings account. And all of a sudden, you'll start giving more than you've ever thought that you could give. And I I, I know someone, and I'm not going to call their name out, but I know someone who I know what they made annually. And then I know what they gave annually. And if you were to compare the two, it was well over 35% of their income. They actually gave away that year and lived more prosperous. Had a nicer car, a nicer house, all these other things that happened in their life that you, if you were to ask this person and say, how did it happen? You know what they'd say? But God. Mm-hmm. That's all that they could say, that they serve a God of multiplication. Right, because it doesn't make sense from a worldly point of view. That's exactly right. And, you know, that's the wonderful part about the Bible and its instructions in it. Is that um, we have faith in that. We're not looking for something that says that uh, 2 plus 2 equals 4, and because man said that, that's the way it is. What we're looking for is something that says if you'll follow A, B, C, and D, you're going to see something supernatural that you can't explain. That's why we call it miracles. Amen. Amen. Well, Rick, man, I, I hope that, uh, I hope we didn't get too far off in the woods. I don't think we did. I, I, I'm, I, I hope not. Folks, uh, listen, I, I want you to be encouraged because I have been there. I know Rick and my both have been there. We have been at the bottom of the barrel. I'm going to tell you, I have looked and said, I don't know how I'm going to feed my kids this week. I don't know how I'm going to pay my light bill. I don't know how I'm going to do this. I don't know how I'm going to do that. And I have felt those overwhelming moments. But throughout this, I can tell you as a progression, as I've grown through this and learned to put my trust in the Lord, not just once, but every single time, life becomes not easier. It just becomes blessed more and more blessed so folks i hope you got something out of it uh rick any other final thoughts you may have yeah it's kind of like um you know people may think well if you're a child of god why are you struggling right but it's kind of like going to boot camp you Ah. know it wasn't very pleasant but (laughs) you came out a better person on the other end amen and so a lot of times the children of god will go through hardships like israel did in the wilderness yeah absolutely um because it makes them grow up it makes them a better person when they get to the other side that's right man that's a really good analogy i like that amen that's right so whatever you're going through you know remember you're walking through it you don't have to stay in it just don't give up and uh, when you get through on the other side the lord will have blessings for you just keep him first keep him seek him first have him in front of you and if you're walking towards him you know you're walking in the right way so until next time i'm pastor mike i'm brother rick And we thank you so much for joining us and, uh, tune in next time and share with somebody. You can follow us here. Uh, Rick is actually on Twitter. He's got his own Twitter page as well, uh, that he promotes as well. We have a Facebook page uh, through the church too. But anyway, look, we'd love to hear from you. If you guys want to message us sometime, we'd love to hear back. So a little feedback would be wonderful, but, uh, God bless you. And until next time, we'll see you.